Hola, bienvenidos a el Friendship News Hour. Presented to you by Howard Dude Media. You know I don't speak Spanish. Today is February 27, 22. My name is Frank. His name is Alex. I'm coming to you live from La Condesa, Mexico City, Mexico. EFE for all my friends in the know. Man. I'm doing well, man. Tell us of your travels. Tell us uh, of where you now reside. Yeah, we just got in yesterday, but it's been a whole lot of fun. Did everything we needed to do. Got water and coffee and stuff at the Airbnb and then got some tacos and then immediately went and had dinner after tacos. And yeah, I woke up this morning. My cousin came to visit us from, from Puebla. So she spent the entire day with us here with her husband. We went to a bunch of different museums, went to the, the Zocalo, the, the center of the city. Took a tour bus for two hours around Mexico City. It was awesome, man. That's what's up. Very, very cool. Super Western. Very Americanized. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's still got its own flair. Like, it's not America, but everywhere we've been is playing American music. Mm. A lot of speak English. And just the ways and the custom and the culture. It's Mexican, but it obviously took from America. Or I'm just an ignorant fuck, and we took from Mexico, and I have it all backwards. But I don't think so. Um, but yeah, it's super welcoming. Everyone, you're so friendly and nice. And the food has been incredible. And both nights we've walked down our street in the dark. And so it's safe and everything. Yeah, for sure. Super safe. We've done a lot in two days. And it's, been a, it's been a blast. So like where you are, though, I, I don't know why I th- I, when I think of Mexico City, I think of like super crazy because I've heard like biggest city in the world or one of them. So like I think of like New York, like on crack with more people and probably dirtier and shit. But like, is it does it feel like that or does it feel more like another city you've been to? It just feels like another city I've been to. Honestly, it, it's probably on par with like Chicago right now. And, and you know, really? we've only been in like a radius of about five to seven miles, if that, you know. So we explored almost anything. We've just been in like the main neighborhood. So, I mean, from where we're at, it expands giant outward. We were flying over it and like, you couldn't really tell where the city center started and everything else began. It's just one big spread out mass of population. That's dope. Hell yeah. 22 million in the Mexico city metro area, 12 million in the city itself. Damn. Is there any city bigger than that in in the United States? I don't think so. Hmm. No, the answer is no. It's the it's the largest city in North America. It's the eighth yeah. largest city in the world. Damn. How many did you say was total population? In the city, 12.2. In the metro area, 22. Okay. New York City is 8 million. And, but you're saying it's like, reminds you of Chicago with like how, how the city looks and stuff, at least where you guys are? I mean, just in, in the fact that like you can get hop on a... It, 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 honestly, it probably resembles New York a little bit more. Okay. You can just get on the metro, go underground, and go wherever you want. Do you hear more Spanish or more English? Oh, for sure, more Spanish. Spanish everywhere. Okay. English is only if, like, we're recognized as Americans because with my white girlfriend, or we speak English and they like just speak English to us. I got you. Do you ever feel like more of the Spaniard in you comes out when you're in Mexico? Oh, like, do you do you embellish? Yeah. <laughs> the fucking Spanish is flowing. And everything, man. Do you speak with more like bravado though? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just like deliver the language. Just like like you can. Can. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, but but it helps. It helps to play the part so that you don't like look like big tourist but in the city like in the sure. area that we're staying in now when we walk down the street we play this game where it's like tourist or mexican 
because oh yeah american and it only until they walk by and talk do we know if they are or not and there's a ton of americans here dude a ton that's cool why and then how did vegas go well for you vegas was cool i mean thought about vegas to be honest with you um (laughs) vegas was happy to not be in vegas every this conference that we go to it's held annually and it's a time for uh, manufacturers to treat their vendors so every night it's like one indulgent dinner after another with flowing wine and booze and all the greatest food you can think of and while that sounds awesome and it is after like four days you're just like this is fucking dumb right right and you just feel like shit at the end of those things man Dude, uh, i don't know why like i thought oh last night in vegas the show's shorter the next day i'm gonna take it easy tonight nope 4 a.m. You're on Fremont Street, just fucking shit faced at the Golden Nugget. Just like, how did I get here? I might as well have been. <laughs> I might as well have been. Oh, man. Jacqueline texted me the next morning. She's like, What did you do? And I said, I don't know. I'm learning. <laughs> Gathering the intel. Dude, I had to be up for breakfast like 7 30 the next morning. Yeah, it was well. So, oh, man. Not be in Vegas. Hell yeah. And how uh, gaping was the canyon in Arizona? wide open she was wide yeah. to us she was spread <laughs> here's what sucks about the grand canyon if, you, if you've never been and you plan on going and you plan on doing anything other than like walking around the top of it can't bring a dog oh animals are not allowed below the canyon rim so we couldn't hike we literally just walked for like three hours oh. we saw the grand canyon we were like oh my god and then like immediately after within an hour we were like eh, it's a hole in the desert you know, uh, it comes the same view. You're not really seeing anything new and it's still awe-inspiring and very cool and, and lovely. And like your eyes are deceiving you what you see, but if you're not going in her guts to borrow a phrase, yeah. then that's just, that's just a hole in the desert. That's all it is. Sure. Yeah. Sedona was the shit for sure. If you're going to choose one of the, of the two, definitely go to Sedona. Okay. Cool. I just got back from Toledo this past weekend. We went home and introduced a little man to all my mom's family. Cool, man. How was that? That was fun. It was fun, bro. It's crazy. Like he got passed around. He probably met like 20 new people on Saturday, but he was a champ. That's awesome. Yeah. But my family was eating it up and he was being real cool. That's cool, man. Those parties, man. I love getting together with all your family, man. Like just stacking like 25 deep in the crib and just, you know, bunch of food and just everyone you just get to talk to everyone catch up see what the fuck everyone's on it's just i love it it's the best and those beat the piss out of like the three or four family get together where it's just kind of like yeah for sure my aunt hooked it up bro my aunt barb hit me with the evan williams 12 years man oh my kentucky straight bourbon they went to the distillery and uh copped it for your boy and it's delicious i'm drinking it right now that's tia barb she's doing very well she's met herself a Great new guy named Kevin and my cousin Garrett's finna graduate come April. So shit's moving quick, man. Nice, man. Well, good for your family. Yep. Shout out to her, actually, though. She was she reps the podcast hard, man. She's putting me on to the whole family, speaking us up. Oh, yeah? Yeah, that's how the topic came up about you being super hot. My mom thinks you're hot, man. That's not, it was just a news hour. It's not <laughs> But yeah, she's repping it, so... Shout out to Barb. While you've been gone, bro, uh, the world's been going crazy, man. Has it? I was wondering where we were logging on at 11 o'clock Mexico City time to talk about absolutely nothing. You know what's funny about this? Is huh. There is actually a ton of fucking news that has yet to be covered because of what's going on in Europe. There was a uh, transgender bill passed in Texas 
There was a don't say gay bill passed in Florida. And the CDC basically just ended COVID in the United States super quietly in anticipation for Joe Biden's uh, State of the Union speech on Tuesday. Mm. But I feel like we can't talk because we're on the brink of a nuclear war. Pretty fucking wild, man. It's pretty scary. It is pretty scary, man. I don't know if we want to take it through and talk through the whole thing from the beginning or just talk about where it's at now, but I saw something this morning that I thought was real concerning and, and but like kind of confusing because it said that like Ukraine was willing to sit down and negotiate and talk with them, but also that Putin was like putting his nuclear people like at the ready because of like comments from the West. Yeah, I don't know what these talks are uh, intended for. If it's just posturing, if it's just so Putin can say that he's done his due diligence to try and take the route of diplomacy, which we're already shooting rockets at each other. So at that point, the ship has sailed. I, I really do think this is all semantics. And I don't know that there's going to be a solution that's acceptable for Putin other than total and complete surrender of the current regime as it stands now. So we'll see, man. Um, I guess, I don't know. I don't know if it's worth giving any background. I feel like everybody knows exactly what's happening. So, well, you know what? I think it's worth it because actually, right, you know, not too long ago, I, I decided to kind of look into what it is that's motivating this man that we're all kind of deeming a thuggish dictator, right? Because up until now, everything that Vladimir Putin's done has been coldly calculated and very rational and very, uh, you know, doesn't leave a whole lot to chance. So if we back it up all the way to like 2014, yeah, 2014, right after the Olympics, there was a topple of the, of the Ukrainian government as it stood then. Mm -hmm. And after that little uh, debacle, uh, Russia annexed Crimea, which is a peninsula land that had belonged to Ukraine. Now this was a legal move, right? They, they annexed Crimea by saying, having papers signed legally that Crimea wants to be part of the Russian Federation. And you might see that as a strong headed move by the Russians. And it was, but you know, by all accounts, that was, and it wasn't the first time that he's gone in and took the country. He invaded Georgia in 2008, 2009. So there's a history of this, right? There's a history yep. of for the last three months or so, the United States has had intelligence that Russia is planning an invasion of the Ukraine. And not sure what we've done to stop that, but we knew about it. We told Ukraine about it. Apparently. I heard. Okay. I think I know where you're going. <laughs> we took all the intelligence that we had and we showed it to China in some failed attempt to try and prevent war. And China was like, hey, thanks. And they took that and was like, hey, Russia, they know what you're up to. <laughs> they gave Russia all the information we had on Russia. Super dumb move on our part. Crazy, bro. I, that one, I saw that today. I definitely wanted to bring that up. Do you think that was like Biden trying to like, hey, we're cool, China, right? Like, we're good. Or do you think like Biden's in bed with these people or like what? Because that's, why the fuck would we do that? It's a total miscalculation. I think the thought process was that China is as close to Russia in a relationship so if there's anybody who can stop this, it would be China. Oh, okay. That I mean, come sense. on. There's nobody more yes. interested in somebody invading a sovereign nation than China, who has, by the way, in the last year, invaded Hong Kong and took them over. Mm. And they have their sights set on Taiwan. And so China's look, looking at this like, oh, we'll see where this goes. This is like a 
kind of a play test for us here. But, right. You know, Taiwan's up next. So super dumb. I mean, I don't know what the calculation was there, but it was ridiculously dumb. Maybe, I mean, if we couldn't look any more weak, we decided to share all of our intel with China. Yeah, bad, 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 bad. Insane. I think the only way we look worse is if China has like counterintelligence, like, hey, we know that you know that the Russians are doing this and we know that you have plans to tell us. I mean, that's the only way that we could look worse. Yeah, right, so right, right. We did that in some folly attempt to try and stop this thing from going on. And then as this date comes near, Russia is bringing troops onto the eastern border of Ukraine in what they're calling exercises, right? Well, nobody amasses 150, 190,000 troops along somebody's border. We're not planning to do something about that. So yeah. coming up, we talked about it an episode or two ago. You know, everyone's talking about it. And then boom, it happens. He orders this military strike on Ukraine, in what in what Putin's words were, to denazify the genocidal regime of the Ukraine and to recognize the rebel Russian encampments. I don't know whatever population is on the outskirts of of the Ukraine on the border of Russia. He recognized them as like a republic, as like a detached republic of Russia, and yeah. apparently they had been getting kind of marginalized. I don't know. But he said it was it was this military inter- interference was to, in part, protect these folks. Yeah, because what happened is like when the Soviet Union split up at the end of the Cold War and everything, like Ukraine became its own territory and it separated out of the Soviet Union. And then some of the people, I'm sure, like it sounds like it's most of these like fringe cities, like still wanted to be a part of Russia, like maybe didn't want that separation to happen or just through the years, like these rebel groups build up and build, you know, angst against the state or whatever. And then then once you're, like you're saying, after the Olympics, that government falls and then they put in like, they basically did like a democratic election, right? And didn't that piss off Putin even more that like a democratic election happened where the Soviet Union was, basically. Yeah, and it pissed him off because uh, the government that got elected was pro-Western, right? And this is where this becomes very, very dicey, okay? Because it was a pro-Western democracy and Putin knew one thing was blatantly clear, and that was that they were going to be in bed with the United States and our allies and that there would be a push for Ukraine to join NATO. So I have to explain what NATO is because it plays a big role. North North Atlantic Treaty Organization and its member states are those of United States, Canada, and most of Western Europe. And in this treaty, among other things of trade and things like that, there is a mutual defense clause. And you might've heard of it, this article five or rule five, whatever it is in in this agreement basically says, if there is any attack on one NATO country, then all NATO countries will then declare war on the aggressor. Russia is not part of NATO. That's by choice though, right? I don't know. Probably. Yeah. Cause I've heard that, but I've also heard that like Clinton wanted to like exclude Putin back in the nineties and they didn't have a good relationship. So that's also why like Hillary Clinton and Russia didn't have a good relationship. Yeah. Like I, I think he, I don't know, but I don't know. I'm not sure if he just kind of pushed him out of it or if Putin also was just like, fuck that, I don't want to have anything to do with this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was probably, probably both at this point I'm opining and I can't really speak very, very clearly on it, but yeah. um, regardless of how they got to that point where Russia doesn't want to be a part of this organization, that's where they were. Mm. And it wants to be a part of this organization because then they automatically get security from what exi- was happening to them right now. Right. So 
of course, what's going on is terrible, right? And as this invasion starts, we get a lot of reports coming in, videos, we're seeing all kinds of shit. A lot of it, I will say, that is, is a lot of misinformation going around, especially Twitter right now. There was, video, uh, there was videos from video games being thrown out there as real. There was videos from um, other, completely other things that have nothing to do with this that were being labeled as information and that would be spread all throughout the internet. Mm-hmm. Is always wrong, right? Like, regardless of whether or not you believe that the thing that that you're supporting online is good and true and and virtuous, doesn't mean that you get to spread lies about it, right? I think that's kind of been our position for a long time in this country is that that's just not okay. But it seems to be okay in this instance, anyways. It's never okay to invade a sovereign nation unprovoked, right? Right. The, the mm-hmm. United States has a, a crazy history in doing that, but. All that aside, I saw the world all at once begin to turn and everybody is supporting Ukraine. Everybody, I mean, literally everybody, and for good reason, but that always snaps a light bulb in my head and it always makes me cautious as the entirety of one unit, in this case, the entire world moves towards one way. I have to think, what is the opposite of that? Because there's a, there has to be a fundamental reason why Putin's going in here. I, every, you, know, you can call him a madman, you can call him a crazy, you can call him a lunatic, you can call him a dictator, you can call him anything you want. He's not dumb. He's super calculated, he's incredibly intelligent, and he's rational. He's always been rational. So it scares me that we're all moving in this one direction. I think, what the fuck is this guy, you know, what is going on in his head? And so I decided to look up the speech that he made when he basically said he was declaring war on Ukraine. And I read the entire thing. And I hate to say it, man, but in it, he makes a ton of poignant points. So much so that I'm thinking, well, if the United States was in the same position as Russia, we would do the exact same thing. The only thing I can't, the only thing I can't wrap my mind around is why he would decide to invade. You know, like that's a very old school war move that obviously is not going to garner any support from anybody. It just, that doesn't make sense to me. But yeah. say, for example, it's going to be a terrible example, but say, for example, Guatemala is given permission to join NATO, right? That means uh-huh. that Guatemala now has all the protections of every NATO military force if it ever gets attacked or invaded or what have you. Mexico is now right on the border of Guatemala. And Mexico is saying, hey, we want these same protections. Because the United States is an aggressor and they've shown interest in us previously. And we know that they have interest in certain areas of our country. We want protection from this. And the United States is saying, hey, if Mexico gains NATO uh, admission, then Mexico, we have now all of NATO military forces at our border. All of that infrastructure is now right at our border. And that is unacceptable for us. That is something that we absolutely, as a country, would be irresponsible for us to accept. And then we've made attempt after attempt after attempt after attempt to make this not be the case. Now, again, not apologizing for Putin. I'm not saying I'm on the case of the Russians. What I am saying is that this man has very sincere and correct claims to guarding his border from the entirety of the NATO forces coming to his border, right? Because in all reality, NATO and its allies are not friendly with Russia in in really any sense of the term. I mean, mm-hmm. they interact with each other on a global scale because you survive globally as a superpower. You just have to do that. Yeah. But I think if you were to t- 
take a look at what this guy is saying and maybe remove his very terrible decision to invade a country, you might be able to kind of formulate this idea of like, oh, okay, I can't begin to fathom what he's thinking because us in this country will never experience that. Mexico will never be a threat to us. Canada might be an ideological threat, but they're never going to be a military threat to us. Yeah. You have a bunch, if you have the entirety of Western Europe that is not a friendly, and then they want to put all of those forces on your border. I don't know, man. It seems to me that you have a claim to defend that. Now, is the right thing to go in and start killing innocent children and civilians? And again, to that point, I don't know anything about Ukraine. So obviously people there that are innocent are being killed is a tragedy. He's saying they're genocidal. I don't know if they are. I don't know if what they're doing to Russians. Maybe they're not doing anything. Maybe they are. I don't know. But I think what is concerning to me is that, as you mentioned in the beginning, there is a mobilization right now of nuclear forces. By yeah. And they're saying, look, this is our decision. We have made this decision and we have set a line in the sand. We're doing this for our protection. And you may not like it, but there will be consequences if you decide to step over this line in the sand. And I don't know if we should really look at his intentions more so that we should look at his capabilities. And he's very capable of making mm-hmm. very, very, very bad shit happen. It's true. But so, okay, officially though, Ukraine is part of NATO. Like that all went through and happened, right? No, 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 no. They're not. It was in process. Okay, gotcha. It wasn't it was even just... in process. It was more like them begging to be in NATO. And then it was like more or less the United States being like, oh, we want to do that. Yeah. I do that. And even Putin said it in his speech. He said that if the Ukraine joins NATO and then they decide that they want to reclaim back Crimea and they want to do that by military means, then all of a sudden the world is at war. Yeah. It's based legally. They're at war. If these countries decide to honor that contract that they signed, who knows? They never had to. So maybe they won't. Like, so if some shit went down and like, as you're describing it and, and we're fighting over Crimea and like that would legally be war. Who does China side with? Like, do you think they side with Russia for sure? Were they signed with us? Like, are they kind of undecided? China is Russia's most powerful ally. They are allies. Oh yeah. Big time. So China has aligned themselves with North Korea and Russia, who are two very dangerous nuclear powers. And that's very strategic on China's part. And that has strengthened China's position because now they have these two guys to dangle. You know, like, mm-hmm. fuck with me. Now you got this. I'm not saying that if any of these two countries go to war, they have the other two automatically join in, but they are allies. We see how that plays out in history. But if we did get involved in that war and Russia was calling for aid, who knows what that looks like? I mean, who knows what it looks like now? Like if there's going to be cyber attacks, if, you know, it could be posturing. I've seen videos of nuclear uh, missiles being transported in Russia. I don't know if that's real or fake. I've seen it. He said it today or yesterday that he's mobilizing this capabilities. Essentially what he said was that he wants he wants like the nuclear machine plugged in because right now it's unplugged, mm-hmm. but he wants it plugged in so that if he needs to, it's on the wreck. And that is what he's ordered. So it's like, how seriously do you take this guy? Yeah. If it's me, you, you take him as seriously as, as he's capable of being taken seriously. What do you think is more likely as far as an attack goes, an attack on like Ukraine and just decimate Ukraine? Or you think it's more likely that he would do it stateside or elsewhere in the, in Europe? I don't think he would attack U.S. soil, bro. I, I don't. I don't like we're the only other biggest threat, like in that regard, as far as nuclear capability. No, goes. but he he could take out London if he wanted to. Yeah, 
You take out Paris, you take out, yep. I mean, anything in Western Europe, he's, he, they're, they're in reach. I mean, he has intercontinental uh, uh, missiles. And I, and I know that we have contingencies here in, in America, uh, stateside, to, to more or less combat that kind of threat. Uh-huh. But here's the thing, man. How willing are we to meet this guy for this country? I mean, look, yeah, do, do we have a responsibility to protect sovereign nations? I think that's been our position for forever. And, you know, we can sanction the shit out of this country and it'll make a big deal. The splash will probably be felt a little bit further down the road. Um, and by, I think by all, see, and it's so hard because I don't know what to believe, man. I just see things and, you know, right. all I can really do is take the Wall Street Journal's word for it because they are the most uh, honest and reputable news source that I have available to my fingers. And from what I can tell, this thing has drug on whole lot longer than Putin has hoped for already. And if he did make one miscalculation, I don't know if he did, but if he did make one miscalculation, it's the fight of the Ukrainian people and the support of that fight globally. Yeah. Who knows, man? I think in his mind, he's doing the only thing that he has the power to do. And that he even mentioned it in in that speech. He brought up the fall of the Soviet Union. And he said, as soon as we started to feel sorry for ourselves is when we, we crumbled. There could have been a whole other things that led up to that. But the, the reason that we fell is because we decided that we weren't as powerful. We decided to think we weren't as powerful as we were. Mm. We gave it. So basically what he's saying is the only thing that works in this situation, the only way that we keep our land the way that we want it is through power. It's through show of force. It's having the force and then using the force and throwing that way around. So essentially what he's saying is like, look, more or less, I've been left with no option. And then if, of course he blames America and the West and politicians and he called, what he calls the empire lies. And he says a lot of nasty things about America that are true. And so it's like, yeah. I mean, look, Obviously, it's deflecting. He's trying to he's trying to project some sort of justification for what he's doing, to which there is none. I mean, look, bottom line, there's no justification for invading a sovereign nation. And I think that collectively, the world is not ready for war. I don't even think Russians are ready for war. There's been countless videos that I've seen of captured Russian soldiers being like, look, dude, we were here on exercises. We were told there were going to be exercises, and then we were lied, and we were told to kill Ukrainians. We don't want to kill Ukrainians. We don't have any place here. I'm surrendering. I don't want to be here. I've seen those videos. Now, maybe those are outliers. Maybe that's people who are few and far between and that they have absolutely nothing to do with the general consensus of Russia. But it seems like Russia has uh, support from the north in Belarus. And so it looks like those um, soldiers are at the ready and ready to attack from the north. So you got people from the north, you got Russia all from the east, and you got Kiev right here. And so... If it continues, there's really only one way this goes, and that lot of dead people and Ukrainians, in my opinion. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. They've been resilient so far, and it looks like there's been some pushback. There's been a lot of fighting, but look. Also, how do you rally troops? How do you up morale? How do you go and say, "Hey, we want to attack the sovereign nation unprovoked"? They've done nothing to us, really, but you know. The uh, protection of our future rests on this because of all these different semantic reasons could really mean anything to these soldiers. It could mean everything or it could mean nothing. 
And so you were ordered to go and fight and kill people. It's like, you want me to, you want me to fight in a war that I could have kicked in. There's not one reason for me to be here. It's been crazy to see the fight though, back in Kiev, man. Dude, the brothers, you saw the, the two boxing brothers, the Klitschko's. Oh yeah, man. That's crazy, man. Like he's, I guess Vitaly's like the mayor. I never realized that. That's crazy. They were like strapped, like fully dressed, you know, military uniform, ready to go, bro. And I, I think even the president was too. Yeah. That Zelensky dude. Like it's, it's crazy to see, like, I can't imagine Joe Biden strapping up and like, you know, <laughs> Lori Lightfoot ready to go <laughs> like into battle. Like, it's just crazy to think these people are like heroes, man. It's whatever they're fighting for one way or the other, but it's cool to see big high profile people like actually step up to the plate when like they're called on. I, I don't just don't think you'd see that here. To be leaders, to do what they yeah. were elected to do, to stand in the face of tyranny and say, Fuck you! I'm not. I'm not moving. I saw a video of uh, it was some some military leader in Ukraine, and Russia was was nearing in on a city. I think it's pronounced Kaviv, K Y V I V, Kaviv. And this military leader said, "Congratulations, Mr. Putin, on your invasion of Kaviv. Welcome to hell." <laughs> oh man, they're so cold. And I, yeah. I, 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 I mean, you could do nothing but commend these people, right? It's like, regardless of your thoughts on them, the point remains that this this is not a justified war. There's nothing about this that is, is at all justifiable for, for going in and killing these people. And so, you know, if you're facing down the war machine that is Russia, for, for them to stand and fight, they're like, dude, if you're going to kill me, it's not going to be because I didn't protect my country and my family and do nothing because commend him for it, man. Standing and fighting when, when truckers were descending upon Ottawa, Justin. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just the juxtaposition of leaders right there. It's just, it's astounding. And, and, uh, now I have a ton of respect for these people. And I just, I, I don't know, man, I just hope against hope that this stops soon. Cause it, the only thing that it leads to is continued death, destruction. And the longer it goes on, the longer we're all at risk for being pulled into it. Yeah, it's, it's bananas, man. Dick measuring contest that could go really wrong. I guess we just freaking underestimated him, you know? Just thought he wasn't for real. I guess we thought he'd never do something like this. And, and then he does. And then here's another thing you have to you have to ponder is, what if he does lose? And then what? Because if we underestimated his ability to invade a sovereign country and then he loses, then we've underestimated everything. And these people don't like to save face, you know, they want to save face. They don't want to, oh, yeah. they don't want to lose looking like a coward. It's true. So then what seeds have been planted? Yeah, man. And it doesn't seem likely that this, that Putin is going to leave in disgrace without taking as many people down with him as possible. And it just doesn't seem like he's that honorable kind of guy. I mean, it just doesn't. And I, yeah. history has told us that people like him suffered terrible, terrible ends. And so he might be staring down the barrel of his own gun right now. You think they would remove him? Who? Russians? Or anyone. Like, I, I, I don't know. I don't see. He's been in power for a long time. There's no way, man. Here's, yeah. the, here's the thing about where he's at. He is, he's Donald Trump, who's in charge of the FBI and the CIA. Nobody can touch yeah. him. Right. That's what I mean. And if you yeah. try, if you even decide that you're going to speak out against him, well, there, there you go. I hope you liked having a family. Mm -hmm. that's how it works over there man it's complete it's complete control through fear and power and he's got all of it he's got all of the power so if you if you know as i was saying if you go for the king you better not miss yeah and i think they know exactly what happens if you 
decide that you're going to go and get, I mean, all you got to look at are the, uh, the seven doctors who were, uh, happened to fall out of a window during COVID and all seven of them decided had had at one point, um, gone against the narrative of COVID in Russia. Hmm. Interesting. What about the, uh, uh, opposition leader that was poisoned in, in London. I mean, we know how it goes. I mean, there's no secret. And that's why I hesitate bringing up these points for Putin because it sucks. Like, like it would be so much easier for us to just go along with the narrative and say, this is all bad. Ukraine's all good. And this is where we should align our thoughts and energy and focus. And if you dig into it, it's like, fuck, man, as crazy as the guy is. I mean, it's, it's like evil as this guy is. He's not an idiot. You can't think of him as like some crazed lunatic because that's not who he is. You, yeah. you have to give him the respect that's due. He's, he's an incredibly, incredibly intelligent person. Yeah, he's calculated for sure. So, fucking A, man. We'll see. Well, let's talk about something else. We don't want to, we don't have to talk about this the whole time. What else is going on? You said a couple of those other stories that, that's going down. I hadn't heard about a couple of the first ones you said. What's, what law has been passed? There was a trans bill passed in Texas by their Congress and then was signed by Governor Abbott. And it basically says that any doctor who is asked to perform gender-affirming surgeries on minors, and the language is vague, it doesn't look like it says all cases. I don't know if there's discretionary discretion um, at the at the hands of the doctor, but they have to report these cases to Child Protective Services. Oh. Hmm. The fire started, particularly in the communities which it affects. Now, if you're if you're sympathetic, you're going to say, "Well, this is basically abuse of children who want to express themselves the way that they feel like they need to express themselves." On the other hand, you can look at the many, many documented cases of children choosing this path when they're. I mean disregard mentally capable of doing so, or even, even developed enough to fully know that this is what they want, but are doing it as a form of like groupthink or because, well, this other person's doing it or this other person's doing it. And then it becomes like this snowball effect. So if, if you're looking at this objectively, you'll say, well, the rising cases, the dramatic rise of cases of trans youth in America is because one of two things, either it's been, suppressed so much that these people didn't have an outlet. And so now they do. And we're seeing more of them because they're able to express themselves. Or it is a rash decision that is chosen because of youth confusion, adolescent confusion about body and image and what they're supposed to be. And they see an acceptance in this group. And so they choose it in mass. And then it turns out to be a detrimental thing. What do you do? What do you do? What do you do if your kid comes to you in 60 years, Alan tells you they want to be a girl? Yeah, I do that. I always, I always think about that. You know, streaming down their face, dad, I don't want to be a boy. This is not who I am. Bro, I feel like you got to support your kid at that point, man. It's like, it, it's, it's just what you got to do. You got to love your own. But like, I feel like you got to talk through that with them first and make sure that's like what they want and, and like learn more about the situation. But like, yeah. You're there to support and love that person at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Here's, here's why I always fall. It's like, I'm not saying this isn't true. What I'm saying is these procedures, these things you're doing to your body are permanent and they're right. drastic. And you're not 
even halfway develop. Yeah. Yeah. See, I, that's where I would say that the, the, like the changing of your body in that regard with like surgeries, maybe that should have the brakes pumped on it just a little bit or like definitely be talked through more. That's where this bill is headed. So now it's law, yeah. law in Texas that, and again, the language to me was super vague. Let me look it up. Let's read it. So we're not getting into this here unnecessarily consistent with our correspondence in August, 2021, the office of the attorney general has now confirmed in the enclosed opinion that a number of so-called, quotes, sex change, unquote, procedures constitute child abuse under existing Texas law. Because the Texas Department of Family and Protective Services is responsible for protecting children from abuse, I hereby direct your agency to conduct a prompt and thorough investigation of any reported instances of these abusive procedures in the state of Texas. There it is. Any reported instances of these abusive procedures in the state of Texas. So basically what they're saying for minors, somebody under the age of 18 constitutes child abuse under current Texas law. And because it constitutes child abuse under that law, under Texas law, the Texas Department of Family and Protective Services is responsible for conducting a prompt and thorough investigation of any reported instances of children changing their sex. Yeah. Okay. It goes on to say that it is already against the law to subject Texas children to a wide variety of elective procedures for gender transitioning, including reassignment surgeries that can cause sterilization, mastectomies, removals of otherwise healthy body parts, and administration of puberty blocking drugs, or super uh, physiologic doses of testosterone or, or estrogen. So I think what this is, I think this is where it's aimed at. I don't know for sure, but I think it's aimed at parents who think whether or not their child's trans or not. And they want to throw them into these surgeries not against the kid's will, but maybe because the kid doesn't really know and they're protecting against that, whether or not it's for the state to say, I mean, who the fuck knows, man. Yeah. What does that message give to any other kid who's legitimately going through this rough? Yeah, it is. It's, it's like, all, I don't know. I don't know how, how you approach it, but like, I feel like definitely not rushing to do that right away and like taking time with that, talking through it with that person, making sure it's like what they really want and need or like, putting like an age limit on it statewide like you can't do it until you're 18 or whatever it is like the age of consent for transgender uh procedure happening like that's the only thing i could think of because then it's just like it's the same as making a choice to smoke or drink or you know do anything else so it's like if you if you had to legislate it maybe that's the best way to do it to make it fair for everyone well it looks like we lost frank there but we got a good 40 minutes in so uh, thank you, Frank, for taking the time on your vacation. We appreciate it. But yeah, it's just, it's a crazy world right now. And, you know, it just kind of maybe helps put things into more perspective of like, maybe there are real enemies out there or bad people. And maybe the person next to you or, you know, the people here stateside that you might agree with, disagree with and some other shit, like maybe that shit doesn't matter as much. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe it makes the problems look a little bit smaller. It's not to say, no, that shit's not important. I'm going to wrap this up because... I mean, honestly, as I'm looking through <laughs> Reddit at the news and a bunch of other places, all I see is stuff about Ukraine. It's, it seems to be every story. So we'll give you guys a short episode this week. Maybe I'll still hop on with someone else. See if I can find a, a friend to join this ship with me. As always, you know, if there's anything that I hope you can ever know, it's that drinking a good smooth cup of coffee is a treat all by itself. But when it helps American heroes, it is that much better. Our sponsor, Gun Barrel Coffee, is proud to donate $1 from every item purchased to veterans and first responder charities all across the country. They offer 14 different blends and roasts, which you can get in whole bean, ground, or single-serve pods. Just at my mom's this weekend, she had the single-serve pod of the Hua, put that up in the Keurig. 
I'm not normally a Keurig guy. I'm not going to lie to you, but I put it up in the Keurig and made myself a cup and it was delicious. I was impressed. Right now, as a friend of our ship, you can use the promo code FNH10 and you'll save 10% at checkout when you buy the products at gunbarrelcoffee.com. That is promo code FNH10, gunbarrelcoffee, damn good coffee, damn good cause. Those guys are awesome. Right here in Batavia, Illinois, not too far from me, uh, about maybe like 10, 15 minutes beautiful little city on the river highly recommend it go check it out you can go get some breakfast with your love hit the coffee shop support the guys go check them out as always you can get a hold of us uh on a myriad of places you can find us on instagram and tiktok at friendship news hour you can find us on twitter at friendship nh and as always you can send us an email with any questions thoughts comments concerns to bummerdude.media at gmail.com that's bummerdude.media at gmail.com and we have merch Spread the word, get the word out there to people about the Friendship News Hour. Check out our shop, bummerdudemedia.myshopify.com. I know that's a long bunch of things, but just run it back real quick and you can type it in. Or you can just click the link in our bio on TikTok or Instagram at Friendship News Hour and it'll take you right to the shop. But we got beanies, t-shirts, long sleeve shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, uh, all kinds of stuff, coffee mugs support your boys get the word out there let's let people know about this friendship news hour of ours as it continues to grow and expand want to thank frank once again for dialing in all the way from mexico city on vacation with jacqueline shout out to y'all hope you guys have a great time be safe down there and like i said i will see if i can line up another friend for the ship for later this week thanks for tuning in to the friendship news hour